0: Today's message is entitled, One Nation Away From God. I've been sharing that the title was One Nation Without God. But as I continued to pray, as I continued to study the word, I sensed from the Lord that this was an appropriate title for today's message. One Nation Away from God. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we love you. Because you first loved us, you have opened the way for us to love you in return. We thank you for our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your church that you're building all around the world. And the gates of hell will, will not prevail against it according to your truth, according to your word. Lord, I thank you for your local expression of your church. Greece Assembly of God is a local exple- expression of your universal church that, that, that you're building for First Bible Baptist in Lakeshore community. I thank you for these local expressions of your church. I thank you for the saints that are here today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Our helper. Our comforter. The one who walks alongside of us. Our teacher. The one who, who reveals your love. Your redeeming love to us. The one who opens and reveals your truth. Opens our hearts and reveals your truth. Your truth in your word that sets Men free. And Father, I pray through the power of your spirit. You would speak through your servant today. That we would hear from you, God. Not man's opinion. Of the chaos. But that God, we would hear from you. That we would hear from your word. That we would be attentive to, Thus saith the Lord. And that we would have the obedience to walk, to walk in your truth, to share your truth. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Early this morning I drove over to the church and it was early and when I got to the door and I reached into my pocket for my keys I realized I didn't have them. And so I went all the way back home and I said, "Oh, it's going to be one of those mornings. You ever have one of those mornings? Forget your keys and you'll be inconvenienced. Forget your bills and you will pay a penalty of interest. But when a person or a whole nation forgets God, well, the results will be deadly. America's biggest mistake is moving away from dependence on God. Our biggest mistake. Everybody has an opinion of what's wrong with America, what's wrong with our nation. There's a political diagnosis. There's an economic diagnosis and and a social diagnosis, but I want to know God's opinion. I want to know what God is thinking. I want to hear what God is saying regarding what is wrong. Every July 4th are parades, and I love parades and picnics, and boy, I love to eat and Family reunions and and fireworks because there is an independence day. Independence led to a war when the 13 colonies said to England, we don't want to be governed under your authority anymore. And when England said, yes, you will, it led to the revolutionary war because rebellion always leads to conflict. Rebellion always leads to conflict. Spiritual rebellion always leads to conflict. The United States of America was born out of a battle for independence. While it may be okay for colonies to rebel against another nation in the name of freedom and especially religious freedom, it's not okay for mankind to rebel against God in the name of desiring to be independent from him. It's never okay. I want to talk with you today about what is happening in our nation and what is happening possibly in, in some, someone, someone's personal life today because we have made a declaration of independence from Almighty God. Much of what you are seeing today has been incorrectly diagnosed Our main text, our main scripture text is is Genesis chapter 11. It's the story of the Tower of Babel. It's where man decided to make a declaration of independence from God. Let's begin with verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Now at this point in human history, the the whole earth was on the same page. and, And with this unity, they decide to go north. Look at verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sana'a and they dwelt there. Church, this is very important. There's a very important detail we don't want to miss here in verse 2. At this point in scripture, and this is so critically, critically important. At this point in scripture, to go east meant to go away from God. At this point in scripture, to go east meant to go away from God. It started with Cain. Back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. When Cain rebelled, he went east from Eden. The Bible talks about the sons of the east, Ishmael. You can't go any further east, away from God, than that. So our text today reveals to us that they wanted to be one nation. They wanted to be one nation, but they wanted to be one nation away from God, not one nation under God. And so they come up with a plan. Let's look at verse 3. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. Notice, let us. Let us. Do you see that in verse 3? Let us. In other words, let's come up with our own plans how the world will work. How life is to be lived. How, how, how cultures and societies ought to be organized. How, how is man doing? Have you noticed the more advanced technology has become, the more independent man has become? <laughs> man, really big. Doesn't, I, mean, I, I, I don't need God. We sent men to the moon. The more we depend on the created, on man, the less we depend on the Creator. The more we rely on the intelligence of of man, the less we trust in the infinite wisdom of almighty God. We don't need God. We have us. Let us. Who needs God? We have us. Let us. Let's construct our own city to our own liking. However, in the process, we need some religion to make it look okay. But we don't want real righteousness. We want religion, but we don't want real righteousness. But we want to give the impression that there is a God that we love and trust. We see this with so many different politicians today. How bold and what nerve to end a speech invoking the blessing of God. with God bless America while moving as far east as they can away from God? It happens all the time. Athletes, movie stars who are in the public limelight do the same thing. All it is is religious rhetoric. That's all it is. Let's continue. Look at verse 4. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. There's a consistent theme here. I know you're seeing it. Let us. Build ourselves. Let us make a name for ourselves. I know you see the theme. Sounds self-serving, doesn't it? I'm reminded of Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men but here in our text in Genesis chapter 11 the emphasis on is on doing for myself doing for myself I'll give you a religious symbol. I'll build you a tower, but I will not take your name. To take someone's name, church, is to represent all that name represents. When we take on the name of the Lord, we represent all that his name means, all that his name represents. They're saying, I'll give you a religious symbol, but I will not take your name. I will not operate under your theocratic governance, under your authority, under your rule." They say, please keep providing oxygen for me to breathe and live. Don't mess with the oxygen, God, but I I want my independence. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. They want the oxygen God provides, but they don't want to be governed by him the one who gives them breath, the one who provides oxygen for them to breathe. I want my independence. This is what we see here in in our text. But how real is that today? In our own nation. In our own communities. In our own marriages. In our own families. In our own single lives. I want my independence. Independence. Let's look at verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. I mean, this is the Lord came down. The Lord came down to see something seriously wrong was going on. You see, over 2,000 years ago, the Lord came down because there was something seriously wrong. And he left heaven and he stepped into our mess, into our sin because there was something seriously wrong. And he went to the cross and he gave of himself. He gave his life. We were remembered the sacrificial death of our Savior just a moment ago as we Shared in the bread, and, and as we drank the cup of the Lord together today, the Lord came down to see. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created man, male and female, He declared something that would forever change history. God commands them to have dominion, to rule, and with this command, He gives them freedom to choose how they would rule. God gave them the freedom to determine the decisions and to also receive the consequences of their choices. He gives us the freedom to choose and to receive. That is why God did not intervene with Adam and Eve eating the fruit because he said, have dominion. He said, rule. God commanded Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. You may freely eat. First time the word freely is used in the Bible. You see, freedom is not a man made concept, it's not about fireworks on the 4th of July. Freedom is a God concept. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And God says, every tree of the garden, free. Every tree, free. You're free to eat, except one. Except one. There's one tree in the garden. It is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's an information tree. We love information. It's right at our fingertips. Oh, God, help us. We think we're smarter than we really are because we have all this information at our fingertips and we've become experts on so many areas of, of, of life because of all this information. It's an information tree. This tree has data. We like data. We live in a culture of, of, filled with data. It doesn't just have data about good. It also has data about bad because it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it has good stuff in it and it has bad stuff in it. Here's how freedom works, church. Here's how freedom works. There's maximum freedom. Think about this with me here this morning. There's maximum freedom of every tree of the garden. You may freely eat. There's maximum freedom and limited regulation because there's only one tree you can eat. Only one. God didn't over-regulate the garden. There were very limited regulations, but massive, massive freedom for Adam and Eve. Your choice. If I give you this instruction, you can enjoy the freedom of my garden, but don't eat from this one tree in the garden, the Lord says. I think of the Apostle Paul when he admonished the Galatian church in Galatians 5.13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, to freedom. Only do not use freedom, liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But how many of us have that tendency to use this liberty, freedom. It's a God concept. It's a God concept. It is absolutely a good thing. It's a God concept. But how many of us use this liberty, this freedom, for the flesh, to be self-serving, I'm guilty. And that's why I need a savior. And I know I'm not the only one guilty here today. We all need a savior. You know, there's another tree in the middle, the tree of life, but but the other tree, don't eat. The tree of life, eat. But the other tree, don't eat. Because if you do, there's going to be a consequence. You shall surely die. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. What jumps out to me here is this. There is a way that seems right to a man. Here lies the real problem. There is a way that seems right to a man. Man who is flawed. There seems to be a way that's right. Man who has limited knowledge, there seems to be a way that is right. Man whose heart is deceitfully wicked above all else, there seems to be a way that is right. There lies the problem. What about considering that there is a way that is right to God? And its end is a new beginning to a way Of everlasting life and that's available to whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord have you ever noticed or given any thought to how we live in an over regulated country under the guise of government regulations our freedom is slowly being chipped away In fact, the freedom of religion we have enjoyed since the inception of our nation. If some politicians and liberal court justices have their way, our faith will be more and more regulated. There have been several attempts to regulate a person's faith already in this nation. There are many, many stories. Someone who holds a Christian worldview and aligns themselves with God's word regarding the the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage have come under tremendous, tremendous persecution. In the last couple of weeks, some media outlets have been reporting on the Georgia pastor fired from his position as district health director with the Georgia Department of Public Health. Here's just a, a, a brief report from CBN News. I first heard of this report on Fox News. And I was reading this the other day from CBN News, and let me just read a little bit of this to you. In 2014, Walsh was hired with the department as a leading health expert on HIV/AIDS. After a few weeks of working in his department, he was asked to hand over ministry material and notes. Topics covered in the sermons included following God, having compassion on the poor, health, marriage, sexuality, world religions, science, creationism, and more. But the Christian Post reports that the department was investigating Walsh for his Christian views on marriage. Walsh refused to hand over his notes, and two days later, he was fired. This is what he says. I I couldn't believe that they fired me because of things I talked about in my sermons, Walsh said said in, in April. It was devastating. I have been unable to get a job in public health since then. Walsh filed a discrimination lawsuit against the Georgia Department of Health. The state of Georgia later filed a request for production of documents and asked for copies of his sermons and all material relating, dating back to when he began preaching at the age of 18. The pulpit is a sacred space. For the state of Georgia, starting with Governor Deal, all the way down to the Department of Public Health, for them to intrude upon that sacred space is a gross... Violation of the Constitution and relig- religious liberty in general. It's happening. It's happening. And it's going to continue to happen. God didn't over-regulate the God in church. There were very limited regulations. But massive freedom. Freedom is a God concept. Sinful humanity... Sinful humanity who's moving east, away from God. They want control. And the reason why they want control is to control. They want control to control not only their destiny, but the destiny of others. America is at a critical point in its history. I believe this is a tipping point election in our nation. Back in Genesis chapter 2, it's important to take note, to notice that God didn't stop them from eating the tree. He just told them about the consequences of eating from the tree, but he gave them the freedom to rule, to govern, to make choices. Let's return to our text and, and look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. Genesis 11, verse 6. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. God is basically saying, Okay, this is what they want. They want to rule apart from me. There comes a time, church, when God says, Okay, if this is what they want, this is what they're going to get. In other words, evil will prosper because evil is what they want. They want to rule. They want to govern away from me. I'm going to give them what they want. Evil will prosper. There comes a time when God says, okay, enough is enough. Turn, if you will, please, to to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 18 through 26. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 26. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it. To them. So these are people who know God's truth, but suppress the truth in unrighteousness, living away from God. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are cleanly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Church, how many here know God? Are you glorifying him? Are you living to glorify him? God has revealed his truth. You don't let truth. Are you suppressing that truth in unrighteousness? Those are important questions, I believe, for us to ask ourselves in this critical point in our nation's history. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became Futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason god gave them up to vile passions i think as a nation this is where we find ourselves just three days away from electing our 45th president church will we live by reason or revelation We're free to choose. Church. Will we live by what God says or by what our preferred party information tree tells us? Will we live by what everyone else thinks? By what you think or by what God declares? Doth saith the Lord. Oh, there's so much noise. So many voices. It's so overwhelming. I want to hear, "Thus saith the Lord. I want to hear, "Thus saith the Lord. There's no room for deception, and thus saith the Lord. Amen. There's no room for deception. And thus saith the Lord. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable. For what is right. What is wrong. How to get right. And how to stay right. That the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. This book, the Bible, is the infallible word of God. It's a perfect truth because it comes from a perfect God who is. He embodies perfect truth. Amen, church? I think of Israel when they demeaned a king they had went away from God. First Samuel 8 18 says, And you will cry out in that day because your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, oh my life. My life is a mess. This world is a mess. Oh, God, look what our king has done. Look what our ruler has done. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. In other words, you want your independence. Now you have to bear the consequences of your choice. We wonder why there's so many problems in our country, in our government in our neighborhoods, in our our lives, in our families, and in our marriages, and even in our churches today. Because freedom never meant independence from God. Please hear that this morning. Freedom never meant independence from God. The more God is pushed away from your life, the more he's pushed away from your marriage, from our culture, our nation, the more the consequences of a choice you get to freely make falls on you, falls on me, and falls on our nation. No one sins alone. No one rebels alone. Everybody has to pay the price. Please understand. Once you decide to not be ruled, governed by God, you will end up being ruled by someone who's acting like God. And once you are being ruled by someone other than God, you have an idol in your life. That idol could be you. That idol could be your political affiliation, your information tree. That idol could be human intelligence, human reasoning, higher education, religion, your personal comfort. And the list of idols go on and on and on. You know you have an idol. You know you have an idol in your life when you passionately defend your idol's position. Even when your idol's position contradicts the word of God. You know you have an idol in your life when you passionately, with vengeance, defend your idol's position even when it contradicts the very word of God. You know you have an idol in your life when you know God's word has been violated and there's no defense coming from you for his truth. So in Genesis 11, they wanted independence. The cry for independence might be good for a colony against a motherland who suppresses religious freedom, but it's not good. Church, it's never good for a nation to, to, to rebel against God. It's never good. Never good. Nothing good ever comes. We have a whole history that shouts that to us, that shows us nothing good ever comes. Look at verse 7. Come, let us go down. And they're confused their language that they may not understand one another's speech. In verse 7, we have a different let us. This let us is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They go down and they're confused their language. Have you ever noticed how Washington can't get together on anything you listen to everyone talking but no one is making sense you have to pass the bill in order to understand what's in the bill you talk about confusion no one has an answer for anything nothing seems to get resolved do you get the impression after listening to the news there's a lot of confusion chaos You see, church, the confusion exists because independence from God exists. The reason why our nation is broken, families and marriages are being destroyed, is because people refuse to be governed by God. People want things their own way. There's a way that seems right, but it's terribly, terribly wrong. Has anyone told you that lately? There's a way that seems right to a man... But the end is the way of death. It's terribly wrong. The progressives won't tell you that. The further east we go from God, the more confusion we will have as a nation. We'll be confused about feelings. This is election cycle has been unlike anything I've ever witnessed in, in all of my lifetime. And I know you feel the same way. The, the whole world feels that way. Longtime friendships and relationships are, are, are severely damaged and broken. Because they have opposing views and, and, and feelings. The further east we go from God, the more confusion we will have as a nation, as a people. We'll be confused about our feelings toward our spouse. I really impressed the Lord and impressed this on my heart earlier yesterday. Are your feelings aligning with God, God's feelings about your spouse? Just tuck that away. Let's look at verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. They're all excited. They they made the bricks. They have the mortar. The tower is being built, and God comes. God comes, confuses their language, scatters them, and their building project stops. God stops it. (laughs) And This is so important, church. Let me tell you why. In Genesis 9-1, the Lord commanded Noah and his three sons, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. God didn't tell them to build a city. He told them to spread out and multiply his image all over the earth. And that's the same thing he told Adam in Genesis chapter 1-28. verse 28. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? The image of God. That's what they were commanded to do. Church, I truly, truly believe this is the main purpose behind abortion. It is the enemy's, Satan's way of preventing the image of God from spreading. So many people have bought the enemy's lies about a woman's right to choose. And yes, they have that freedom. Just like God gave Adam and Eve the freedom to choose in the garden. But along with it, God gave them not only the freedom to determine their decisions, but to also receive the consequences of their choices. Please, please, if you are here today and you've had an abortion, please know, please, please, I plead with you in the name of our Lord. There is a God who loves you, will forgive. And heal you. My wife and I. We've walked with those. Who have. Who have been hurting. Who have been broken. Who carry the guilt. And we have watched our precious Lord. And Savior bring beautiful healing. And restoration. Because we have a. Restoring God, amen? Yes, let's praise his name. He's worthy, so worthy, so worthy, so worthy to be praised. But as far as our nation goes, if we don't repent and ask God for forgiveness and mercy, America will be severely judged for this horrible atrocity. This is not something that I share lightly. But my heart is so heavy. It aches. Please hear what the spirit of the Lord says to his church. No nation in the history of the world has survived its moral demise. Their independence from God. There's not one. There's a whole history that shouts that truth to us. God gave it to us so we would learn from it. One of the candidates said towards um, what well, was on the during the last debate, "I will defend Planned Parenthood. I will defend Roe versus Wade." When a presidential candidate or any candidate invokes the blessings of God at the end of a speech, by buckling down on their support of abortion and partial birth abortion, it's not the blessing of God they invoke. It is the severe, the severe judgment of God they invite upon our nation. Where is that prophetic voice today? What would the apostle Paul write to the churches today? What is God saying to the church today? We want to hear, doth saith the Lord. But there's something even worse. There's something even worse. It's when a Christian when a Christian moves further and further to the east. And we're seeing that today, further away from God and what God says, what His Word says. Do we believe that this is the infallible, inspired Word of God that is profitable for what is right, what is wrong, how to get right, and how to stay right? What's even worse is when a Christian moves further to the east, further away from what God says about the sanctity of life and puts their support behind someone who openly and unashamedly makes this, their strong stance strongly known. God have mercy on our nation. God have mercy on our nation. God have mercy. This is serious, church. So much so, if this is the last message I ever preach, so be it. This is serious. This is serious. As representatives of God's truth, the church cannot be silent on this injustice to the unborn, even if it means persecution. We must address this horrible sin, filled with love and compassion, truth and grace, not throwing stones but offering the healing hand of almighty God. We must defend the defenseless. Last night as a family, we found out that we're having a granddaughter. My son and and daughter-in-law are having a girl. Our mother-in-law is here. My son's mother-in-law is here sharing. Congratulations, grandma. Grandma. We watched the video, the ultrasound. Wow. When I talk about a knockout, when I talk about gorgeous, (laughs) this round-shaped head, a cute nose like her mother, and moving her arms and putting her fingers in her mouth. How precious, how beautiful. I strongly believe that our founders intend when writing the Declaration of Independence that all of humankind are endowed by their creator with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness meant from the womb to the tomb. Please, church, we cannot view this election through a political lens, but a prophetic lens. What is God saying? What started off as one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? What's happened? Where is the justice for the unborn? We started off that way, but we are a nation away from God. His name gets thrown in, but his rule is rejected. Church, it's in his rule that brings his presence, not the use of his name, which is often used in vain for political purposes and personal advancement. Chaos takes whole church, where culture wants to be independent from God. Chaos is what we are experiencing as a nation because of our independence from God. In verses 8 and 9, we see the Lord scattering them all over the face of the earth. This was a forced separation. The triune God came down and intervened. The Lord stopped the building of the city. This forced separation was more God's mercy than his judgment. Oh, how America needs divine intervention we need god's mercy we and it must start in the church house before it can spread to the white house second Chronicles 7 14 verse 15 says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and i will forgive their sin and heal their land Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. People have asked me. Pastor, I don't know what to do come election day. Any counsel? I said, well, if you have any counsel, please give it to me. (laughs) This has been tough. How do you cast a vote? What's telling to me is... Roughly 318, 20 million people in our country, and, and this is the best of the best? What does that tell you about our nation? It tells you how far away we have traveled from God. I'm going to be candid for me personally, to vote for either one is a challenge. It's a challenge. I have struggled personally, but through much prayer and contemplation, and this is where I am. I have resolved that I'm not voting for a person as much as I am voting for a platform. You know, as Christians, we have a tremendous responsibility. To closely examine each party's platform to discover which positions best line up with the word of God in our Judeo-Christian worldview. And both platforms are flawed. Because they've been written by flawed men. There's all kinds of sins going on in our world. But we have to ask ourselves what political party best aligns itself with what what God says about the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. You see, if we get these two wrong, if we get these two wrong, everything else will be wrong. We will not be in the position to invoke the blessings of God upon our nation. The time will come when God will lift his hand. I believe we are at such a tipping point, if not already. Where does the party platform stand and align themselves with God over the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage? Why? Why is this so important? Why are both under tremendous assault Because both reflect the image of God that you and I were made in. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let's not make this a battle between us. There's a greater battle going on. The devil wants us to think that the battle is between us. There's a bigger battle going on. It's a spiritual battle. And the enemy wants to bring division and discord. He wants to rip the church of Jesus Christ apart. But no, no, no. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. God... As I close, God gave us the freedom to determine our decisions and to also receive the consequences of our choices. Our country is framed by our constitution as one nation under God. But we are a nation away from God. We must pray. And God put it on my heart to call a prayer meeting. We're going to have a prayer meeting tonight at 6 p.m. We've invited lots of churches. I believe over four to 5,000 people have received the posts that were sent out through the church's Facebook page. I don't know how many people are going to be here, but we've been getting a wonderful response of people thanking us for calling this time of prayer. We must pray. We must repent from our independence and confess our dependence on the one who alone can heal Land. Proverbs 1334. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Psalms 33:12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. On today's outline, there's a website from the Billy Graham organization that you can go to. And you can carefully study what each party's platform is. Prayerfully study their platforms and prayerfully ask God, ask God to be Lord, ruler, governor over your vote for His glory, for His namesake.